This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us, and I pray that once again you would speak to us through it by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I should imagine that most of us have experienced times in our lives when we've had to face new responsibilities, maybe in taking up a new job or in becoming a parent or being given a challenging task to do. And in such circumstances, it can be exciting and energizing, but it can also be terrifying, it can be daunting, it can be exhausting. I think most people find it unsettling to move from the security of the known to the insecurity of the unknown. In both the Old Testament and Gospel readings appointed for today, we encounter the excitement and the apprehension of having to respond to new experiences and new opportunities. In our Gospel reading, we heard of the great mountaintop experience of Peter, James, and John. And from the Old Testament, we had that dazzling account of chariots of fire, a whirlwind, and the passing of the mantle from Elijah to Elisha. And in each case, there is a significant challenge. Elisha can't just stand there gazing up into the sky forever, just as the disciples can't stay forever on the mountaintop. Life goes on. The account of Elijah and Elisha and the account of the transfiguration, each in their different ways, speak to us of change and challenge and of the accompanying fears and uncertainties. They also speak to us of the importance of listening, looking, and trusting. Elisha didn't want the Elijah era to be over. Elijah was his friend, his, his mentor, a father figure to him. But the time came for Elijah to be with God. How would Elisha cope? What would he do? And so Elijah says to Elisha in verse 9, tell me what may I do for you before I am taken from you? And Elisha says, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. And in those days, the eldest son received a double portion of the inheritance from his father. For he would, in essence, be taking his father's place in the family, having responsibility for taking care of the family, just as his father would have done before him. Elisha is asking to succeed his spiritual father, Elijah, to become God's spokesman for the people. He's not asking for a material inheritance, but a spiritual one. He's asking for the gifts and empowerment to be the kind of spiritual leader that Elijah had been. Not only is he asking for the leadership mantle to fall on him, but also for that which would enable him to be a faithful servant. 
And in some ways, that, we might say, was a bit of a dangerous request. And Elisha says, uh, I'm sorry, Elijah says, you have asked a hard thing. Indeed, it was a request for something that was not in Elijah's power to give. The test would be whether Elisha was prepared to see what God wanted him to see, whether he would seek God and his will. And likewise, if we ask God to help us, if we ask God to receive a double portion of his spirit, that too can be somewhat of a dangerous prayer to pray because God may say yes. Suddenly it was a yes for Elisha. A yes that meant a life of service and hardship and of great responsibility. After Elisha made his request, we read this extraordinary account of the appearance of chariots of fire and of Elijah being transported away in a whirlwind to be with God. The Bible then tells us in the next verse after our reading ended that Elisha picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah. And so the mantle passed, the mantle fell on Elisha to carry on the work of God. For us today, I feel a great sense of the mantle falling on us in our generation to be faithful to God's calling in our lives, to worship him, to live out our lives as the family of God, to equip God's people for ministry and mission, to share Christ's healing to the brokenness in our world. These are the things that many who have gone before us have done and which we are now called to do. The mantle is on us to listen to God, to see what God is doing in our midst, and to trust God for the next steps. I think one temptation can be for us to be a bit like Peter uh, when he stands on the mountaintop and Jesus was transfigured before him and he bumblingly says, oh, let's set up camp. Let's freeze this moment in history. Let's preserve this just as it is. Now, I don't suppose anyone wants to freeze our particular moment in history. We might prefer to rewind to pre-pandemic life, or better still, fast forward to post-pandemic, post-election, post-riots, post-the-whole-country-feels-like-it's-on-fire life. Then, perhaps, when we get to whatever that looks like and whenever that may come, well, let's freeze that. Except... That's not how life is. While we may fall into the trap of either wishing for some bygone golden era to return, or imagining that the good life is just around the next corner, the truth is that life is uncertain. None of us knows what tomorrow will bring. And this is precisely why we need to be attentive to God's voice. On the mountain where Jesus was transfigured, Peter, James, and John literally heard the voice of God. A voice from heaven came from the clouds and told those frightened, bemused disciples, this is my son, the beloved. 
Listen to him. Listen to him. And surely this is what God says to us today. If we will listen to Jesus, trust him, follow him, serve him, obey him, cast all our cares upon him, then he will lead us and guide us. He will show us what to do no matter what may come. Often we face a choice. In the face of change or loss, we can stay in grief and mourning and effectively cry, woe is me for Elijah has gone. Or we can dare to ask God for a double portion. We can try to freeze frame the transfiguration or we can go down the mountain and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Elisha, I, you know, he kind of wanted help. Clearly, he needed help. I think he probably wanted the mantle to fall on him, and yet maybe he didn't. He liked how it was with Elijah. He wasn't ready for his father in God, his mentor, his role model and leader to be gone. And likewise, the disciples didn't want that experience on the top of the mountain with Jesus to come to an end. And yet, their encounter with Jesus, both in his life and work from day to day, and in this amazing experience of transfiguration, served to equip them and train them and challenge them for their own day-to-day -day worship and service. Had we read just a few more verses in the gospel, we would have seen how after the disciples went down from the mountain, they find themselves in the thick and challenges and heartaches of ordinary life. They're confronted with a desperate father, worried about the health of his deeply disturbed son. And he had brought this boy to the disciples for them to heal, but they could do nothing. Jesus actually rebukes them for their lack of faith, and he heals the boy. And in Matthew's gospel, we're in Mark today, but in Matthew's gospel, we read that the disciples ask, well, why couldn't we do that? We prayed for his healing. Why couldn't we do that? And Jesus said an interesting thing. Because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, while this may be hyperbole, my reaction to these words of Jesus can sometimes lead me to despair of my own lack of faith. Now, the irony, I think, in this is that while I'm thinking of this huge, massive, enormous amount of faith that must be needed in the face of so many seemingly impossible things, Jesus has in mind the tiniest, smallest amount of faith. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Well, returning to Mark's gospel, it's here in this scene that we encounter the father of the boy who had the evil spirit declare his faith in those wonderful, wonderful words. I believe, Lord help my unbelief. I'm sure many of us have said that or felt that. I know I certainly have. 
when we consider the mantle that is on us to be faithful as Christian people in the face of the challenges that are set before us each day, what is required of us is to have faith. Not faith uh, for faith's sake, not faith in the power of believing, not even a large amount of faith, but simply the smallest amount of faith in the largest of all, our great and mighty God. The past 12 months have been an extraordinary time. Here at Ascension, we have seen surprising and, and wonderful life and health, vitality and growth, even though we are scattered and cannot be together as we so long to be. We have also experienced much heartache, loss, death and disappointment. Almost like two ocean currents moving in opposite directions at different depths. It is so important in the face of uncertainty that we remember with thanksgiving God's faithfulness and that we keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. At this moment in 2021, I believe we are called to accept the mantle that God would lay upon us at Ascension. I don't suppose the disciples knew what they were getting into when they signed up as followers of Jesus. And I can't imagine that Elisha uh, knew quite what he was getting into either when he picked up Elijah's cloak. Renewing our commitment to follow Jesus and taking up the mantle that he would place on us is not a recipe for certainty or security. Indeed, it is to embrace the way of the cross. It is to obey our Lord's command to follow him. You know, it was wonderful to hear the kids tell us what they want to be when they grow up. We and they, of course, don't know whether they will grow up to be architects, uh, solar panel managers, geologists, bakers, vets, scientists, professional soccer players, clowns, police officers, authors, mums, artists, or construction workers. Did I mention geologists? Whatever. We don't know. But I wonder, who will we be as a church community a year from now or five years from now? A year ago on this Valentine's Day, none of us could have imagined what, would, what was to come. We had no clue. And yet, what an extraordinary thing it is to look back and in the midst of the difficulties to see and to celebrate God's faithfulness. I'm amazed that we have over 80 parishioners taking turns to lead morning prayer via YouTube each weekday. I'm amazed by the creativity of our music and worship arts ministry. We saw that with the, with the prelude uh, this morning. And, and in our children's ministry. And if you haven't seen Kids Church yet, honestly, you've got to see it. It's fabulous. And, and in our youth ministry. No, no one would say that we're on a mountaintop right now. Of course we're not. And yet even in the valley of uncertainty... We see our sisters and brothers in Christ facing the challenges of these difficult days in multiple ways. In their vocations, from their homes, 
through reaching out to internationals and those in need, and in simple acts of care and hospitality, including those who literally stand at our church doors week by week in the freezing cold to welcome those who come for our walk through communion. Taking up the mantle of following Jesus is not usually dramatic or heroic. Rather, it is the faithfulness evidenced by showing up, praying, listening, caring, and reaching out to a neighbor. I don't know exactly what it is that God has in store for us as a church family, but I do believe that God has more for us to do. And it's still true that God can do much more than we can ask or even imagine. We have our More Than Stones capital campaign to complete, and we intend to do that. We have much work still to do in and on and around these buildings, and we're going to do that. And we're working actively with our architectural team to further the design for the parish hall, and we're going to do that. And we have people to love and serve and prayers to offer as we take up the mantle to welcome our neighbors and reach the nations with the transforming love of Christ. And in all of this, we need faith. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Faith that God himself will lead us and guide us and provide for us. May we, like Elisha, ask God to give us a double measure of his blessing, his presence, his power, so that we may be faithful to follow God's call on our lives. May we, like the disciples on the mountaintop when Jesus was transfigured, hear and heed afresh God's voice who says of Jesus, This is my Son. The beloved, listen to him. Amen.